Hey guys, Clay Edwards here. I want to tell you real quick about RC Lawn Care. My buddy Richard Coley is going to be the guy you need to contact for all of your lawn maintenance needs. You can reach him at 601-502-3529. They offer roof-to-curb service, blowing off the roof, gutter cleaning, basic lawn care, including mow, trim, edge, and blow, full lawn cleanup, trash removal, garden supplies delivered, pine straw installs, driveway, and sidewalk pressure washing. If grass is growing, you need RC Lawn Care mowing. Again, 601-502-3529. Richard Coley at RC Lawn Care. Proud sponsor of the Clay Edwards Show podcast. All right, you tuned in live to the Free Range Human Show of Choice, your daily dose of reality radio. The most incendiary show on the airwaves, the show that I know the governor listens to, even though he doesn't admit it. This is the Clay Edwards Show. I'm, of course, Clay Edwards. In the studio with me this morning, special guest, Mr. Sean Yurt Karan. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, Clay. How you doing? Good, good. We uh we planned this uh, little extramarital affair here, uh, assuming that the polo trial would have a verdict last night, but it didn't. Which is almost more interesting and yeah. gives, us, gives us more to talk about than it really does than a verdict would have. Yeah, and, but we know we'll have the verdict today. Well, presum- One, presumably something. I mean, either they're going to yeah. be hung up or not. Right? Yeah, so we'll, we'll definitely be back tomorrow to discuss that. But we'll get into the polo stuff here in a minute. I got some thoughts and opinions on that. Uh, real quick, if you want to chime in today, six zero one eight seven nine zero 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 two is the phone number. The Guns and Gear text line seven six nine. 241-1944. Now, with that said about the Guns and Gear text line, whether you know my phone number, you know that, you know me on Facebook, on my Twitter, at SaveJXN, I read it all throughout the show. So I may read what you send me, I may just call it the Guns and Gear text line, just for simplification. So you don't actually have to have that number to get your thoughts and opinions read on the show. But again, it's 769-241-1944. If you do want to lock it in your phone, Sean, what's going on, brother? Oh man, not much. Just like you, I uh, stayed up. Well, it wasn't too late. I think she dismissed the jury about eight o'clock, right? Eight yeah, nine o'clock last I got night. To bed about, I, later than normal. It was eleven thirty for me. I was wound up last night. I, I did my B twelve shot yesterday. My testosterone shot yesterday. I do that on Mondays. Oh, okay. When I, when I go home, I work out, and I didn't even drink. I didn't drink pre workout last night, so I was like, I didn't want to be extra wound up. Yeah, but I just could not get wound down enough. To lay down and close my eyes. Really? Yeah, I hate when that happens, man. I mean, I took my testosterone shot before I came on the way here, just because I ran out of coffee, and I was like, let me just take this now, because maybe yeah. this will help me with oh, Substitute. Up. Yeah, I was like, because I just didn't have any coffee. I was like, oh, God, it's terrible. So, yeah, I was like, I'll just take it. Today's my day to take it, but I usually take it, like, later in the afternoon, and... Yeah, so if y'all, ever, if y'all ever see us out and you just wonder, you know, like we walk in a room and everything stops and we're just dripping machismo, I mean, it's because we take our <laughs> testosterone shots every week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Never this Drip. early, though. I got up at four and I was just like, you know, I, I, I just I hate that when, because I'm always so anal about setting my coffee maker. And I just, then last night I just didn't have any left. And I was like, God bless. So <laughs> well, testosterone was the substitute for that. Uh, no doubt about it. No, mine was mine was good. I've been back on my bulletproof coffees for the last week. Those are good. Kind of getting my carbs under check, and yeah, it helps. It helps curve the appetite. You, you got to put real butter in it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I've the had it. Kind of supplements the fat, and you can't put any sweetener in it. You put a little cinnamon in it to give it some flavor. Mm-hmm. 
as I was no carb coffee and man, I say that butter helps curve the appetite. It kind of helps with fasting. Yeah. So it, it just really helps me from snacking and all that crap. So it, it works. You know, it ain't the best tasting stuff in the world. No, butter, it's not. <laughs> butter and cinnamon and MCT oil and all this. It ain't bad. Oh, I, I've done it because of, you know, Cro- it was a big thing in CrossFit like several years ago. Yeah. It was like everybody in CrossFit was doing bulletproof coffee. So mm-hmm. I, try, I went through that phase as well to try to do it, but it's not the best tasting thing. Mike Madison here turned me on to it. And when I first started fasting and getting into ketosis and all this stuff, and like I said, I, it, it was a part of my losing 70 pounds. So mm-hmm. I know it works when done in combination with the other things properly. Yeah. So I'll roll with it. Not 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 like combination with vodka or something like that. Then it's not. You're like, why isn't this working? I'm never in ketosis. <laughs> never. What's going never. on here? Um, let's see here, man. Where do we want to start on this thing? Let's let's start here. Okay. Yesterday on the show, I called out Tate Reeves and Brandon Presley. I had them on Twitter calling them out there, and I was on here calling them out. Okay. I wanted to know. If Mississippi locks down, not if Mississippi, if lockdowns and stuff become a thing and mask mandates become a thing around the country, what's Mississippi going to do? I want a commitment that we aren't going to play this nonsense again. Now, they didn't either want to respond to me, even though we got the number one morning talk show in the market, mm-hmm. even though my TikToks do over 6 million views a month. My podcast gets over 10,000 downloads a week. I ain't nobody. We, we ain't got no audience. We ain't worth talking to. We're that third party, that third group, the people that just won't comply. We ain't important. But neither here nor there, no sooner than it took me. So I got through it here at 9. I was out of here by 10. By about 10.30, I'm crossing into Pearl, and I get a text from a very influential individual mm-hmm. who sent me a link to a Facebook post of Tate Reeves. Discussing this very topic. Did you, oh, you prompted him to do that? Because I, I saw that he did that. I didn't catch the show yesterday morning, so I didn't know that you had you had prompted that. Wow, that's pretty cool. I feel like I did. I, f- I can't confirm or deny, but I feel like I did. I mean, it seems pretty coincidental, doesn't it? Yeah. That he would, the same, you were talking about it yesterday morning, and then mm-hmm. he did that? Yeah. And I also did see that, uh, now I was joking around, I was like, you know, we ain't super talk. I get it. Mm-hmm. And I went back and looked at his Facebook page, and he was on super talk yesterday morning. <laughs> Oh, I did know that he was going to be on. I, so, yeah. I did. Uh, of course you were. You know, of course I mean, you were going to be that's on. That's like visiting family for him, isn't it? Well, I mean, as much as, they, as much as they pay him a month. That's what I mean. Like, it's like going home, like for Christmas. Like, yeah. hey, everybody, I'm here. I'm on Super Talk. I mean, does Michael Watson still have a Super Talk link on the Secretary of State's homepage? I mean, yeah, it's like state TV or state radio, pretty much. Isn't what, is, it? What, is it in, what is it called in China? Like like state TV CCTV. or state or yeah I mean they all got basically when you say like state TV yeah. it's just the communist version or fascist version of like you know Russia's got their news network and I always thought it kind of thought Super Talk was like state you know TV the, <laughs> like w- state radio so a lot of people call him uh, Mike Madison from here calls it WGOP WGOP right yeah I mean it's just kind of like it just seems obvious like there's all these ads for them and all the of course like Tate Reeves gonna go I mean why wouldn't he go on Super Talk <laughs> like that just that makes complete sense to me. Well, I, well, I want to thank him because I put on I put up three TikToks yesterday and got about a half million views. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, I ain't nobody. Yeah, I ain't got no reach. <laughs> you know what? Like Donald Trump said, y'all, it, it ain't me that they hate. It's you. You know, I represent y'all, and they don't like y'all. You won't just comply. 
You fight back. You go down to the Capitol with your silly signs. You wouldn't wear the damn mask. You questioned the ridiculous COVID policies about having to wear a mask to go sit down at a restaurant and then take it off when you got to the table. Why couldn't a guy with a guitar play in the corner? Why couldn't my girlfriend's hair salon be open? Why couldn't my barber's barbershop be open? Why did I have to go to a trailer in Florence, Mississippi to get my hair cut for six months? Yeah, I did that. We questioned those things. They don't like you questioning them. Them rich men down in Jackson at that capital, they hate you. And they hate it when you question. And they hate it when you don't just fall in the line like the rest of the country club conservatives. And we're going to be a thorn in their side. Now, I ain't, I, I, I'll never go on record saying I'm going to vote for a Democrat. But I'm going to make it hard for Tate Reeves if he keeps ignoring us. Now, you, you got my word on that. You got my word on that. Did you get that article I sent you this weekend um, about the possibility of Brandon Presley beating Tate Reeves. I think I sent you an article about that. That, that was like that's a possibility that he actually could win. I never really thought about it as a possibility, but it was a pretty way, interesting way the this article outlined it. Of course, it's a it's a long shot. Don't get me so, wrong. The but, vi- the video I did reading Tate Reeves release okay got eighty two thousand views in the last less than twenty four hours. Okay, wow. Now I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that because people are quite interested in this. It ain't because of Clay Edwards. Mm-hmm. It's because of the content. In the video. Yeah. And I said in the video, I said, look, I'm, I probably ain't going to be the one to vote Democrat. I can do that when I'm dead. That seems to be a thing. Is that people voting Democrat from the grave? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's a lot of people who are willing to give their vote. A lot of people are PO'd. A lot of people who lost their businesses, their livelihoods, their way of life because of not being a, uh, uh, what was it? What was the two different kind of people? The two different kind of essential and unessential? Oh, I was right. Yeah. A lot of people who are deemed unessential, they ain't forgot that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it's time to prove these politicians they're unessential. Well, you think about it too. I mean, unfortunately, I just know what a Democrat governor would have done too. So you have to know that Brandon Presley, presumably, was in office at the time. He'd have been going all tit for tat, battling with uh, Gavin Newsom on, on who could be the worst governor in America. Do you think? Well, let's say it was Jim Hood that beat Tate right back then, because mm-hmm. that could have happened. Do you think Jim would have? gone with, like i mean jim is pretty conservative democrat and so is brandon for the most part i mean brandon's only liberal position uh, that i've heard is that he's for medicaid expansion which i'm for of course and we've discussed that many times but the rest of the positions yeah were kind of aligned with what you think you know what i mean the things he's i mean he's got a commercial right now talking about his view on transgender rights well, i know about, you, I, I know you like the governor from north carolina roy moore roy cooper or roy cooper yeah, yeah. where he, they just expanded medicaid there he shut down the entire furniture industry for mm-hmm. months on end you know, North Carolina is the furniture. Yeah, and it's pretty conservative there. I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, he, he basically bankrupted his state mm-hmm. with, with that nonsense. So I, and I know he's kind of a conservative liberal. Yeah, I mean. Not so much. But, I mean, do you think that Jim would have done anything different than Tate would have done? It seemed like they would probably do about the same. I mean, they're, I mean Tate shut things down, Maybe. too. I think, I think yeah. it would have I mean, been, I I mean, been I, similar. That, and that's my point with this, is I'm not giving Tate a pass. I think he did a You know, like he read in his post. In his post here, let me, uh, I'm sorry, I thought I had it pulled up. Give me two seconds here. I just want to read the opening paragraph of it. Because he says something that really gets the sand in my crawl. Um, let's see here. Today, Brandon, I don't care about that. Here we go. This is from Tate Reeves' Facebook post, or social media, wherever. It says, Mississippians will not and should not submit to fear again. 
This is the line right here that really grinds my gears. Mm -hmm. In the early days of COVID, there was understandable uncertainty. We did not yet know what we were facing. As the months unfolded, it became clear that there were two pandemics, a disease that was easy to spread and that was deadly for many vulnerable people, and a pandemic of fear stoked by the expert class that demanded the total subjugation of the American people. The line, Sean, that really gets mm-hmm. the sand in my in my in my crack is in the early days of COVID, there was understandable uncertainty. We had two weeks to flatten the curve turned into about eight months to flatten the curve. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's like where are all the people dropping dead in the streets? Why are we doing this nonsense? Why can't people go back to work? Again, and it was also like you're talking about the the essential versus non-essential. Like you could shut down a small mom and pop business, but it was perfectly fine to go to Costco. Yeah, which I think everybody just you just they they weren't able to explain. I, I talked about this with somebody before. Take China. China locked it down. And when they locked it down, like nobody went out of the house. Like if yeah. you went to the house, you got shot. I mean, you really get shot. But it was it was they were they were they were you weren't going to Best Buy, you know, or doing well, things like yeah. that. Well, they they can't try that here. We got too many guns. Uh, absolutely, yeah, we can't yeah. do that here. We can't do the same. And that was my point. But it did work for them. If you're going to do that intense lockdown, yeah, I mean, nobody was outside, so they weren't spreading the disease. So that that worked for them. But the way we implemented here was like, well, you're going to let this person be open, but then you can, but you're not going to let this business be open, or you're going to have to. Sit down at the restaurant, you know, because of course the virus won't spread if you're sitting down. I mean, which is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in my life. But I mean, so I think that's what uh, that's what the problem here is. Like we didn't we didn't really lock anything down. It, you know what I mean? We did, but we we didn't. We didn't do it like you know everybody had to stay at home. And no one left the house. Okay, that's one thing. But here it's like we just picked and choose, and that really made people mad. Like you, know, you picked and, and choose what businesses you did, they were, and there were ridiculous ones that you did. Yes, that's, you know, that's I, the point. I shared yeah. a post yesterday, last night. And I, I'd forgotten about it because so much happens in, the, in an internet news cycle. Mm-hmm. Doing a radio show every day, <laughs> yeah, I'm learning quickly about that. You, you know, things move fast. Yeah, I had forgot about old Tater going to the White House while Mississippi, mind you, was still under a mask mandate. While Mississippi, mind you, only two parents could go to a kid's high school football game. Right. Yeah. So little brother couldn't go. Little sister couldn't go. Grandma. Couldn't go watch the senior season, uh, the seniors' last games, but Tate could go to the White House and sit in the lawn, elbow to elbow with a football full of people without a mask on. These are the things I want people to remember. And if we end yeah. up with a Democrat governor, damned it. it, it is what it is. He lost it if he, if he, if we end up with one. People ain't forgot, and not once, not once publicly that I'm aware of has he come back and said, "Hey guys, you know what? We got some things wrong." Because just like Bud Light. If Bud Light had come out and just apologized earlier and said, hey, oh, man, we pumped the brakes, dog. We, we made a mistake, and we know it. And they got Bud Light. They, Bud Light is now known as getting Bud Lighted. Right, yeah. Getting canceled is now known as getting – it's really getting torpedoed. It's now known as getting Bud Lighted. Like, it's the new Hiroshima. It was uh, – it's, it's not been a good marketing campaign for them, to say the least. I mean, in terms of – I'm sure, like – when you look back on this years from now, in terms of business decisions, people are going to look at that as one of the worst ones that you know anybody's ever done in terms of an ad campaign. Yeah, let's take a call real quick before we go to break. Hey, brother, you're on there. Yes, sir. How you doing, Clay? I'm Malcolm Johnson. How's it going? Man, listen, brother. I'm enjoying the talk, man. I'm laughing. I, you know, I always listen to you, Clay, by air on the radio. I appreciate this it. This morning, I'm just, I'm just, I'm falling out laughing, man. Because boy, one thing I can say. 
you're running right down the middle. You're like a you like a fullbacker, a fullback football player. You know, run down the middle with it. I try, man. I, I try to call. I try to call balls and strikes. That's what I'm I, saying. You I, I, I got to give Kim, Kim Wade credit for that. He says that all the time. But I listen to Kim every day, so inevitably some of that influence is going to roll off on me. But you come down the middle and keep doing what you do. Hey, I'm Malcolm Johnson. Listen, if you live in Hines County in District Five, I'm going to put this out there. You did not vote on August the eighth. You can go to the polls today for change in Hines County. Hey, anybody, you could be Democrat, Republican, Blue Party, Green Party. If you did not vote on August 8th, we asking you in District 5 out in Wendell Road area, all out in Wendell, um, Learned area on out the Utica, Terry area, South Jackson, anywhere that did not vote on August 8th, I'm asking them to please, your listeners, to please get on the phone and tell somebody to vote for Malcolm Johnson. And the key word is for change. It's not for party. It's not for friendship. It's for strictly for change in Hines County. When we change Hines County, you will see a different, you will see a better surrounding, Clay. And I just thank you for that second or two on the radio, and I'm enjoying you, and I'm going to kick my leg back and listen to you a little bit more. Thank you, Malcolm. Have a blessed day. Good luck. Three things. Mm-hmm. He's running against Bobcat McGowan, right? Isn't that right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, look, you know, um, my personal opinion, if I was still uh, that, he, District 5 is where I grew up over there. Is that what it is? Okay. That, that, that's that's who I'd be pulling the lever for is Malcolm mm-hmm. Johnson. But do as you wish. I mean, I think it's almost the Board of Supervisors is like everybody should get voted out and let have new people there. Uh, Considering what's, you know, transpired over the last year. That's a, I feel the years. exact way about the entire system of Hines County uh, government. <laughs> yeah. So I from, mean, from city. Can it hurt? <laughs> can it hurt anything if they're all thrown out? I mean, does it do? We got to take a break, but the yeah. city of Jackson folks not look back over at Clinton and even Byram and say to themselves, "What's different?" Yeah, what's different? What did they do different that we're not doing? Their work, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's the, <laughs> work. <laughs> that's the, not celebrating the anniversary of the water crisis that you created. I mean, crisis of incompetence. I just, now I gotta say, I, I, Tate Reeves is as bad as he did in COVID, in my opinion. His moment, his Katrina moment, as Fred Shanks calls it, mm-hmm. his Katrina moment was the Jackson water crisis. Yeah, he's. I mean, he the state came in and really, really saved the day there. I mean, because yeah. you were talking about, and it, you know, all we talk about Jackson, all that stuff. There was man, people were not didn't have water, and yeah. the, the water could have been toxic or whatever. I don't know, like that. But I mean, Tate Reeves and the, and the state really came in and just and just pulled us. And Benny Thompson did too. I know yeah. a lot of people don't know that, but he came in there and helped out. With that too, and I think he was even kind of like, we don't need to leave the, the city of Jackson. I heard he was this. literally boots on ground, shaking everybody's hand. He was actually doing. I, again, I try. I really do try to be down the middle on things and mm-hmm. call it, call it like I see it. I heard. I heard Benny was great. I know Tate was great. Yeah. You know, look again. And now that I reshuffle that in my head, mm-hmm. sometimes I have to weigh things out a little bit. But uh, I'm still just very unsatisfied with the way the. Uh, COVID thing went. Well, sure. I mean, like, think about this. Like, Tate and Benny, who are most polar op- opposite people ever, right, mm-hmm. said, okay, we got a city, Jackson. This is our home. We need to get these people water. They put all that aside, and they did it. Chokeway, on the <laughs> other hand, was, you know, still fighting it. It's the one to have a war with. I mean, Benny's like, look, we can, this is politics, but this is more serious than that because people can't drink water, and we're going to, you know, I'm going to work with Tate Reeves, who I'm sure he doesn't like, well, Chuck or, t- and vice versa. Chuckway's still fighting it. Yeah, still fighting it. So Let's, let's take a break. Yep. We'll be right back. This is the Clay Edwards Show with Sean York Cron on 103.9 FM, WYAB. Come back in to the F Around and Find Out show of choice. Here on 103.9 WYAB. Fafo! Fafo. Hey, look, this segment of the Fafo Hour is going to be brought to you by my good friends and yours, 
down at Mercy House Teen Challenge Auto Center in Crystal Springs. And I'm sure they just absolutely adore that lead into their ad read. Um, good folks, though. Good God-fearing folks like myself. And look, man, the cool thing about buying a car from Mercy House Teen Challenge Auto Center is you're not just getting a good, dependable vehicle. You're helping beat addiction and put fathers back in homes. That's awesome to me. Now, look, y'all know, guys, I get on here a lot. Well, I tell you what, I'll save that till after this. Mercy House Teen Challenge Auto Center. If you're in the market for a ten to twenty thousand dollar vehicle, I know that may sound like a lot of money, but right now, this these days, it ain't a lot of money. It really isn't. Not for a car. No, they they're through the roof. It's crazy out there. So they get they they got that market cornered. I send them, heck, I probably send them as many customers a month as I sell myself out at Ellis because that's not necessarily our demographic, our, our, our target market price-wise. You know, we're more like 20000 and up trucks. <clears throat> but I trust sending my customers down there. I know four or five people that have bought. They've had a great experience. Also, what's cool is if you've got a broke-down vehicle, and I was selling a truck to somebody yesterday. And they were telling me about just horrible experience they had with a car they bought, a 350Z. It had been setting up for a few years. Rats had eaten out the a lot of the electric, and it's been a nightmare for them. And I was like, well, what are you going to do with it? They're like, well, maybe put a little bit more money in it and try to get some money out of it. I said, what if I told you I had a place that will come pick that car up and you get the tax write-off on it for what it's worth or what they sell it for? I said, versus trying to dump more money in it, like a, like trying to fix a hole in a boat with money. And so I think I got some people, some of my customers that are stuck with a car that they don't want, that's going to donate it and get that tax write off. And it's probably going to end up salvaging some of their income on this deal. And I should be able to get some of their money back. So there's a real world example of being able to donate your car and it benefits you. So if you got a car running or not with a clean title, give them a call. They'll come tow it off for you, come remove it from your property. And you'll get the tax write-off. You can either get the immediate tax write-off for what the book value is, or you can hold off and get the tax write-off for what they sell it for after they they repair it. You know, it depends on what your patience level is. So check them out, mercyhouseautocenter.com. Mercyhouseautocenter.com. Okay, so add add read over here. So I want to say this. You know, I, I am very passionate about the recovery, people in recovery, and the whole recovery scene. I love that stuff. Now, my battle was with drugs. Yeah. My battle never per se been with alcohol. I mean, there's probably times I drank too much, you know, for too many days in a row consistently. Same. (laughs) A time or two. Yeah. I mean, Saturday and Sunday of this week. Yeah, last Sunday was pretty bad. (laughs) So I I understand. People ask me why did I quit doing the the, the, uh, Testimonial Tuesday shows. And it was, frankly, it's because I felt like a bit of a hypocrite. Because to me, I, can, I feel like I can drink. And, I, you know, and, and, and I feel like I can be in recovery and still drink because drinking was not my mm-hmm. problem. Pills and drugs were my problem. Uh, you know, but I say all that to say there's a big festival coming up here in September in Brandon. It's called uh, uh, Recovery Fest. And it's going to be over there at the Brandon Tornado Room in that, that building. I'm going to have those guys on the show here soon. We're gonna be we're gonna be a big part of that. We're gonna be broadcasting. Uh, I'll be set up there for a couple hours. I'll be meeting everybody. I'm gonna have him them here on the show that week. I think Thursday the seventh. Anyway, I have to go look at my calendar. But be staying tuned, man. It's uh, Eddie Pool 
and John Gallagher putting that thing together. They do the Night of Hope. Eddie does the Night of Hope event every quarter at churches. It's a big recovery event. So it's going to be cool, and I'm helping them with that. And I still am a big fan of the recovery stuff, I, I, you know. But I try not to try. I try not to blend it together too much because I do understand that some people in recovery, it's all or nothing. You know, they can, if they're recovering from drugs, they don't do alcohol or recover, sure. know, vice versa. Yeah. You know, and I feel like a bit of a hypocrite getting on here and talking about my partying on the weekends and this, that, and the other. But I'm gonna be honest to me. I'm not gonna sit up here and pretend that I don't go out and drink. Yeah, you know, I, I can't be nothing. I, I have to be authentic. Yeah, I mean. You know, I think that's what makes me a, a, appealing to people is they know I'm authentic, whether they like me or not. I mean, you know, if that's what I mean, it's not causing problems in your life, though. Mm-mm. I mean, that's and like I got rules. Like I don't drink during the weekdays. Like that's my mm-hmm. thing. Because if I do that, like I just can't do anything. Like uh, same. That's kind of my thing. But on the weekends, it gets kind of bad. Yeah. On the weekends, it, look, I work hard. I play hard. Yeah, I'm the same. I you know, know exactly what you mean. All right. Let's take a call. Hey, Larry, you're on the phone. Hey, yes, sir. How you doing today? Pretty good, man. Pretty good, you? Yeah, I can't complain. I'm alive. I, I, you upset me. I, I get to where I, I quit listening to Paul Gallo and started listening to you, but I can't believe you entertain voting for a Democrat. I'm not entertaining. I am not entertaining voting for a Democrat. I'm entertaining not voting for Tate Reeves. There's a difference. But Ken Wayne told you Democrats are Satan. I agree with that, too. Democrats are Satan. I'm looking across the, looking across the desk at one now. I know. And Presley would be no different. I agree. Talk smooth. They're like a lot of them old Democrats in the old days had a smooth talk, smooth tongue devils, but they cut you through in the end. I, I look, and that's been my problem with it the whole time. I and I want to have, I want to use a protest vote, but I protest, I protest voted during the, uh, during the what you call it, the primaries. primaries? I, I voted yeah. for, I voted for Witcher. I did too. But now we got, we got, we got to do like the Democrats stick together when it comes to the general election because they will. They'll find a way to cheat us if we let them. Yeah, here's what I'm pushing for, man. I, 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 I want Tate to acknowledge, and he don't care what Clay Edwards thinks, and that's fine. Oh yeah. Uh, but I, I would like an acknowledgement that mistakes were made in COVID with the with the essential yeah. and unessential. A lot of people I know lost everything because of oh, his yeah. policies, and I ain't, yeah. I ain't just as, as easy to forget it. Well, I, I'm with you now. That's like I said, it really made me mad too. But we can't we can't let it destroy the party. We need to stick together when, when it comes to general election. Man, look, I, I, hey, look, I, I, I usually get back on the look. And we we railed against Michael Guest, but I went in there and I pulled the lever for Michael Guest. You know, because I'm not mean, like again, I'll vote Democrat when I'm dead. What they say, you got to hold your nose and vote for the lesser of two evils. Yep, that's the way it rolls sometimes. Well, you have a good day, man. Appreciate hey, you taking my call. Hey, absolutely, brother. Anytime. Thank you. Is there? All right. Sean, let's take a break real quick. We ran over a couple times. Let's try to get this train back on the tracks. We'll be right back with Sean Yerkeron on the Clay Edwards Show. We're going to get into the polo stuff, I think, top of the second hour, so we're going to really dedicate some time to it. i got a few other topics, and we have some national topics I want to hit, too, believe it or not. This is the Clay Edwards Show. Come back in to the Rule Breakers show of choice. This is the Clay Edwards Show, and this segment is going to be brought to you by our friends over at Lakeland Glass and Tent. For your home, car, and business window tinting needs, vehicle wrap needs. That's right, vehicle wrap. You may be asking yourself, Clay, what is a vehicle wrap? It's a a vinyl wrap on your vehicle. It can be a solid color, a unique color. It can be the matte blacks and matte finishes that you see that are so popular nowadays. Or if you got something to promote, like a business, or you're a politician, 
you know, running for election or re-election. Turn your vehicle into a rolling billboard. Door magnets are so yesteryear. Make the investment. Get your get your vehicle turned into a rolling billboard with your business on it. And Lakeland Glass and Tent can do all of that. Start online. It's the best place for you. LakelandGlassandTent.com. You can schedule all your window tinting and windshield replacement stuff there. I'm not sure about the vehicle wrap stuff, but you, you can still start the journey there, and they'll get in touch with you. If you don't remember the phone number, it's 601-946-1000. But again, all your automotive glass needs, windshields, etc., all of your home, car, and business window tinting needs, that's right, they will come to you and tint your home and business. They're not going to come to you and tint your car. You're going to have to take it to the, to the shop there. They don't do the mobile tent stuff anymore, I believe. And then they got the vehicle wrap stuff. And also, they're now doing ceramic coating and paint correction. I went over there and spent some time with them uh, doing some stuff the other day. And look, they it's all it's all top-notch. All of it. Jason don't run it no other way. It is a top flight, top notch operation. Two locations: the Lakeland Drive location is for your windshield repairs and replacement. The Flowood Drive location, right over there across from the River Oaks ER, is your place for the window tint and vehicle wraps. So shout out to all those guys, man. I know we got a lot of listeners over there. Appreciate y'all. Thank you for what you do, and uh, y'all break bread with them, Sean. Yeah, I'm just over here shoveling coal, man. <laughs> keep this, keep this train rolling. Hey, so we were we were gonna hit the Jacksonville stuff, and we we can get back to that in just a second. I did sure. see. Have you looked into this thing about Lynn Fitch trying to? She's appealing the ruling from the Fifth Circuit on the lifetime ban of felons. I saw you voting. posted it like last week, maybe or something. And uh, I haven't read it yet, but I saw that you had actually I think put it on Instagram or something. I mean, we had some we had some conservative on conservative civil war in the comments. Really, I bet so. I bet I really bet so. It's a very conflicted deal, and and just as I've gotten older, I have turned on this a lot. You know, I used Mm -hmm. to just think, ironically, for a guy who was out there not living his best life, you know, I used to be even more adamant about it than I am. He's like, well, you don't want to, you don't want to lose your voting rights. Don't don't commit any felonies. But here's what's changed, in my opinion. A, I don't trust the legal system. Mm -hmm. You know, at all, the judicial system. B, so many things are felons now. Yeah. And when, like when this was written, when, when this law, when this whole lose your voting rights, man, I would have to assume similar to the, similar to the, uh, the, the same argument that liberals like to make about the, the Second Amendment, well, they weren't machine guns. They weren't talking about machine guns, you know. It, it, it's very similar to me in the fact that I think it was written for rapists and murderers and violent, violent criminals. Now, so much is felony. So much stuff you can do online is a felony. There's just so many things. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes in what you're saying. You know, and I don't think that, you know, some of these I don't think justify you losing your voting and firearm rights. We'll stick with voting since that's what this is about. Mm-hmm. I, I think there needs to be a path to reentry. You know, the problem to me, I think that goes, it goes to this to me. And I always thought this for all the years I was, you know, over there working on Pascagoula Street. We don't care about rehabilitation. We don't. We don't. Mm-mm. Like we do. We do. There's oh, we've got this program, this program, but we really don't. Like, and what we care about is, you know, throwing somebody away, and then saying that's a deterrent to crime. 
which it ends up most of the time not being one, right? And then well, when they the, get I out... I think the, the fear of being thrown away is the deterrent to crime. And I think that's done through good policing. Sure. I mean, I think if like you're worried about getting caught, right? Yeah. It's, it, that's the problem. But we're, we're focused on... We've always been focused on punishment. That's And, and that's just not just Mississippi. I think that's the you know, country as a whole. And we... So these guys go to jail, and they get out, and we have absolutely no plan for them. And then you want to say, well, you can't vote again. So voting is one of the most fundamental things in our society. Like trying – if you want to rehabilitate a guy – I've met so many. I know you have two prior convicted felons that are good people, that are working. They're trying to be back in society. And then you're going to try to put a scarlet letter on them forever. And I think that's just wrong, and it just shows you that we don't care about that. We, we care about being tough. Like we want to be tough on crime, but when but these are people, members of our family, our friends, and like we can't, you know, we have to come up with a way. Once somebody's paid their debt, to society, how to how to indoctrinate them back into society. And voting to me is one of the most crucial ways to do that. Well, that that and um, what's it called? Reprimanded to the file, like a felon. Remanded, remanded. Yeah. So mm-hmm. basically, it's there, but it's not there. It's, it's it's there, it, it, you know. So if they get a second one, it, then it, this, uh, that, mm-hmm. it, that will be their second one. But right now, it doesn't show up as a first one. You can non adjudicate it. That's a lot of times, like when you go, yeah. a lot of drug crimes are done that way. Um, you can do a non adjudicated kind of probation, and there's just, there's many avenues on a first offense that you can do that where yeah. they wouldn't even have a felony at the fir- in the first place. But I'm talking about the people that actually got a felony. Yeah, you know, like somebody like Polo. Look at Polo here, right? Polo yeah. had like a drug charge from the. 90s, 90s yeah. I think you know. I mean, and to me, that's something that could have been you know, taken care of. I don't know. You could get a, maybe he would have become a better man had he not had that felony still on his record. I don't know that. Sure. But my point is that you know we we don't care about rehabilitating prior convicted felons. We just we don't. But we'll you'll hear a lot of people talk about it and say we care, but we don't. And that's sad. And I think that there needs to be. And I'm glad that y'all side are actually looking at this too. And you know, I'm gonna give Donald Trump credit for that too. A lot of that because. He passed, you know, all that criminal justice reform, mm-hmm. and I think that was like the first time I felt like I saw a conservative administration focus on this issue. Like this is a big issue to all of us that we need, you know. And so I, it's like it's nice to see both sides of the aisle kind of saying this is something we need to attack. How do we do that? And um, Lynn Finch by doing this is hurting that effort. In my, I'm with you on this. Like it's hurting that effort. Like I don't know why she just. I mean, the Fifth Circuit is the most conservative circuit in the country, and they're saying let's get rid of this. So. I think there's a, and we, we, we looked at these numbers on the show not too long ago, last time we talked about this. Mm. I think there's a myth within conservative circles that more Democrats will, that with felons are allowed to vote, that automatically means more votes for Democrats. And we broke that down a few weeks ago. Remember that there yeah. was. And we just, we strictly just broke it down by race because it ain't like we know how many Democrats versus Republicans truly there are. Yeah, right. You know, out we there just in the felony white. world. Mm-hmm. But. But, you know, there was, there's more white people in jail than there are black people. Yeah. You know, if we're just going to break it down, assuming that all blacks are Democrats mm-hmm. or, and all whites are, are uh, Republican, which we know that's not the case. But just for simple sure. jailhouse math here, um, and, and the numbers are surprisingly um, tilted. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, so there's more white people in jail. There's more white people in the country. Yeah. That's just kind of the way it is. Yeah. And so they would get their rights back to, you know, presumably if they voted Republican. So I think it's, yeah, it's kind of a misnomer that it's all going to be just more Democratic votes. We got a ton of convicted felons in this country, but majority of them are white and, um, you know, likelihood they'll vote Republican. So, I mean, I just think it, it, regardless of how you vote, too, it's just the right thing to do. Like, let's, you know what I mean? It's just the right thing to do. Well, and look, here's my thing. And I say this also. I'm obviously not talking about violent criminals. Sure, sure. You know, I'm talking about these these kind of petty drug charges, these white collar kind of 
cases. Broke into a car. You did something like, I mean, those kinds of stupid yeah, you know, things. Because literally, what is, uh, what is, there's a, I, I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, it's, it's grand larceny. Larceny versus grand larceny. Mm-hmm. Well, that can be a $10 swing is the difference in you having a misdemeanor or a felony. Yeah, they changed all that in 2014. I actually forget. It used to be just a certain level. $500. Yeah, it used to be. And then they upped that, I think, to like 1000 I, yeah. I think it's 1000 now, but they had changed the whole law on that, which they did some good work in 2014 changing because we were back under the old kind of what you would call – I mean, the truth in sentencing laws in the 90s, which were like the reaction from the crack epidemic of the 1980s. So everybody – so we had all these pretty draconian laws in sentencing in the 1980s. Like, you know, before I think 1995, you could get convicted of murder and you were parole eligible after like 10 years. Like it was – but then after 1995, they got rid of that. You can't – that was not – you were not parole eligible to murder. And um, But before that, you know, we had just different – then they realized, hey, wait, these prisons are just overflowing with people. What do we do? We got we, – and even Mississippi is like looking at how many people we got in prison. We got to try to fix that. And so in 2014, they did uh, change that up quite a bit, so, and which is – I thought was a really good thing. And uh, I still think we got a lot more work to do, though, yeah. on that. And Well, and one of the things I looked at too, Sean, is how many people does, – does a mistake at 18, 19 years old, uh, again, a nonviolent felony, something breaking in a car, whatever – Something you did at 18 years old. Does that really have to follow you your whole life? And I know currently it does, and that's the, that's life in the big city. Yeah. I'm just saying, sh- should it? I, you no, know, I don't think so. I never did. I mean. You know, now you get into second and third uh, offenses, habitual offender status, different story. Yeah. But, you know, I think that, that first one, there needs to be some leeway there. I mean, you know, we used to have this kind of saying in the DA's office, being the guys, it was a uh, Sometimes you see a young person commit a murder, and we're like, at that point, you cross Rubicon, man. I mean, sure. that's you're, you know, we can't do anything for you. But I do, and you know, a lot of times we'd say, also, we're not social workers here because once against us, you know, we're not supposed yeah. to. But in a way, you kind of got to be a little bit too, yeah. I think. And a lot of times, I remember I, a few of the public defenders, we would, uh, I'd try to get folks that were charged with certain these kinds of felonies, and course i'm you know i'm passionate about the marine corps so i try to get him in the marine corps i'm mm-hmm. like look this is a 18 year old kid he broke into a car let's get him in the military let's do you know i think we need to focus on things like that as much as we can and it's not you know it's always easy to do but um we we definitely don't do that it's yeah. we turn it into like a sausage factory and that's wrong yeah all right hold that thought we'll be right back to close out the first hour on the clay edwards show with sean york Karan. back in here to the clay edwards show we got about 40 seconds before the top of the hour news break. I hope you guys will join us on the other side. Look, this uh, this is a passionate conversation on this felons getting their voting rights back. And I, I get it, but I think there needs to be a path. I'm sorry. You know, I, I don't want to see somebody's life get ruined over some dumb stuff they did as a kid. You know, I don't think they were suggesting that people were just on the way home from church and broke into a car for ice cream money either. I think young kids do dumb stuff. You know, I could sit here with a laundry list of the dumb things I did that were, could be considered felonies that had zero financial benefit. Uh, it was strictly just being dumb kids. And, and so I'm going to go out on a limb here and suggest that I think other young kids do a lot of the same kind of stuff. And I don't know, they should be straddled with a felony forever because they got drunk, ran around, uh, not based, not uh, mailboxes off of baseball bats or anything else. All right, we'll be back after this on the Clay Edwards Show on 103.9 FM, WYAB. The show of choice, your daily dose of reality radio. This is the Clay Edwards Show. And look, I tell y'all, if you listen long enough, I'm gonna, I, I'll make you mad too. 
You ain't always going to agree with everything I say. You know, especially conservatives. You know, oh, man, Clay's my guy. And I am your guy. But I still don't go lockstep like a monolith on everything that that side, that side likes. I've seen my, what Democrats love to say, my lived experience. My lived experiences dictate other thoughts about things sometimes. And, um, again, we won't always agree on all the ancillary stuff, but I think at the end of the day we'll agree on the core value stuff and uh, we'll make good conversation out of the things we disagree with. So I do appreciate you guys tuning in. It's good to hear things you disagree with. I was listening to Salty Cracker and Jeremy from The Quartering last night do a dual podcast, and uh, Salty was saying that, look, man, I try to force myself to listen to things, to listen to people I don't 100% agree with because I want to try to understand why they think that way or am I possibly thinking the wrong way. I listen to Bill Maher some because I think he's a highly intelligent guy, but I disagree with him on a lot of stuff, but he does make sense on a lot of stuff. That's why I like having Sean on the show. I think I've almost got Sean convinced that there is uh, voter integrity issues. <laughs> well, especially with this David Archie thing, and I'm not going to – I guess I, could, I was telling you last night, I, you know, I've got a reliable source that some of this may not be – Totally inaccurate. So, yeah, so I don't know. We'll see how this plays out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna laugh pretty hard if this is actually true, but it possibly well may be. Yep. So, uh, uh, let's hit a few of the um, guns and gear texts real quick, and then we'll get into the uh, polo stuff. Where's my text message? Okay. So, let's see here. Richard says, "Did you notice?" Oh no, no, I don't get into the Bud Light stuff. Um. <laughs> unknown texture liquor stores were found to be essential i i, I ain't gonna argue that they yeah, were no, yeah gonna yeah i mean but 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 if you're gonna make that argument they were they were essential there's a whole lot of other things that dang well should have been essential too and yeah. i think that's one of the greatest tragedies of the the covid shenanigans sure um unknown texture if it walks like a duck etc it's a duck presley is a full-blooded democrat the fact he doesn't denounce what's going on on the national level tells you all you need to know. And Tate is doing a little gaslighting with his statement, trying to make folks think he didn't have us shut down for a long time. And that's the text of the day right there. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and look, I'm I'm not getting up here supporting Presley. I mean, he's a good speaker, you know. I, but at the end of the day, bro, I'm just I, – I, I can't. I, I can't get up here in good faith and vote for a Democrat. I, I don't care what all the right things he says or anything – not going to happen on on my on my watch now. Teach their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dagwood says the main responsibility for rehabilitation is with the felon. If they were uncomfortable in prison working, they would have incentive to not go back. Uh, let's see here, Reagan can. I'm Reagan, I'm just going to read your last one. It says, if a prisoner is suited enough to be placed back into society, he, she should have all rights restored with no limitations, including owning weapons, no matter the crime. If the person is not suited to return to society, they should remain behind bars. This may result in fewer paroles, but so be it. I also do not believe in either hiding criminal records of teens or erasing records. You did, you did it, own it, learn from it. How society responds is a fair examination. It's called personal responsibility. I, I like some of that. One of the things we talked about during the break, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and that's why I kind of wanted to finish yeah. up this topic a little bit. Uh, I think 
that one of the main things going on in these George Soros, Blue City funded DAs like our Jody Owens and people of of his ilk, mm-hmm. it, it, they're not charging people intentionally to prevent them from becoming felons as somehow they're doing them a favor. Yeah, I think Jody said something like this a few yeah. weeks ago, some press conference he was going to, or a statement he released that said that he was going to take voter issues into account future like basically that people weren't going to be able to vote if they were charged with a felony which again we were discussing this at break i'm not in favor of that either I, I mean i'm in favor of forcing the law like let's enforce the law but let's also not be draconian about it and think about it and think about take you know weigh factors like people's age into it what the type of crime was you know these, these sorts of things that we can do to uh, you know hopefully futurely rehabilitate them and indoctrinate them back into society i didn't say though not enforce the law like i don't think that's right either you know i think the military thing should be a real i think there should be a recruiter's office at the courthouse i've always said that i did that with several people and i'll give a shout out to allison kelly she used to be with the uh, public defender's office and we hooked that up a lot and it was a it was i think really good thing for all those folks i mean look i've got several friends over the years got given that option they took it um i have a friend that tried to get that option and uh michael guest laughed him out of the court and said no son you're going to jail yeah and, i mean because uh, you changed his life oh did he do it did he was he able to get in no it no. changed his life for the worse it, took, oh. it, it took, took him 20 years to get back to where he's at now jeez you know but again you know he he went into a, a life of crime mm-hmm. after that you know when he possibly who's to say that wouldn't have still happened so on and so forth i'm, I'm not picking sure. on michael guest here yeah right? i know what you mean i'm just I mean, using it as another, job, right. another example yeah you know and but I do think that first-time offense-type stuff, especially if it's going to be a felony and it's a nonviolent-type crime, I don't know. If you rape somebody, you need to go to jail. If you kill somebody, you need to go to jail. You get into a bar fight, you know. I, I don't know that. I don't know that jail makes sense. I think you know, military. You're a scrapper. Go see if you can really fight. You know, see if are you a fighter? Are you a military fighter? I don't know. I could go on and on and on with the analogies. Yeah, I mean, if you I go like rob a liquor store, you go to jail. Like or a gas station. Like you're yeah. gonna arm rob. Just a gun in someone's face. Yeah. you need to go to prison. Sure. Like that's. I mean, that's the way. There's those kinds of crimes. Like you can't. I don't. Even if you're 17, and I, I believe me, I prosecuted plenty of people that age. There were there's so many armed robberies in Jackson. That was a big part of our docket. I mean, yeah, no. I mean, you're not getting sympathy from me when you stick a gun in someone's face. Absolutely. Like that's not. That's not what we're talking about. I think here. I mean, yeah, I, I think people are. Are missing the mm-hmm. the point a little that disagree and look again. I love when y'all disagree because it opens up the avenue to have more conversation. So I, I think the way Jody's doing it, just not prosecuting these things at all to prevent somebody from having a felony that ain't that ain't the because yeah, that's not the answer either. Cause, you know, I, I don't know if we were on the air or off the air when I said it. You know, the three days that changed my life that took me from possibly being dead or a felon were. When uh, when them boys, Judge Skinner, that whole crew, mm-hmm. made my butt sit out in Raymond for about four days, three days, four days. Yeah. In a, in in that tank. In the in a, in a misdemeanor holding cell, not the felony, but you know I had to sit out there. Day one, you're like, all right. Day two, day three, bro. I was ready to do whatever redemption tour I had to do mm-hmm. to never go back there again. Man, I had the same thing. I was telling you at the break, you know, Brian, speaking of Brian Bailey, he arrested me and he was the town cop of Puckett when I was in high school because me and a couple buddies were idiots and drinking. And sh- you remember you could shake the old snack machines mm-hmm. and they would, the snacks would fall out. And then we put those snacks in the car when my buddies was driving. And he got into a wreck and Bailey came out there and pulled like 300 bags of chips out the car and was like, 
there's a lot of grub for just three guys, you know, it was kind of so anyway. And I had to go to that, you know, like law ed thing they send people yeah. and to, and we're like, you know, basically you're like a juvenile criminal. I'm like, so, uh, you know, I mean, he, luckily, I guess he could have sent the goon squad after me, then, but, <laughs> but he didn't, but yeah, though, no, I'm so that, at that point I was like, yeah, I don't think I need to, I'm not going to join this life of crime. Yeah. I'm telling you, I think one of the biggest problems in Jackson or Hines County in general right now is the lack of misdemeanor holding facility mm-hmm. people are not having to experience jail for their petty crimes yeah i mean you know that's what i'm saying like law needs to be enforced and that's and you enforce it and you know you you deter crime doing that and you but you force it fairly like i mean i don't think i should have gone to jail for shaking a snack machine yeah you know what i mean or whatever like there's the things like that that i think you're just we need to figure out a better way did you so. shake another snack machine i've never shaked another snack machine for the rest of my life this is like 1995 <laughs> not one time and then the principal made me do work around the school to I mean, so I got it. And then, of course, Bailey called my dad out to sit in the back of the squad car, you know, just breathe down my neck. So I got it from all angles that, that like, this is not something you ever need to do again. Um, <laughs> so. so I think we only got three minutes left. Let's let's hit something different. Then we'll hit Napoleon. Yeah. The polo stuff when we come back from the break. Uh, man, the the Jacksonville race shooting, the Jacksonville yeah. Dollar General, the race shooting. Mm-hmm. I talked about this pretty extensively on the show yesterday gotcha but i've had time to absorb it and maybe see if i changed my mind on my thoughts and all that you know because i'm not i'm not above uh changing my mind on mm-hmm. stuff after i've had some chance to read more and i have not changed my mind at all I'm, i agree with exactly what i said yesterday i think that i think that i wish i just wish the black community got as upset when this when the shooter was black doing this as they do when it's white and it happens every day in these black communities, and it's where where the doves being released, where the song the, the the songs being sang, and the the marches in the streets, and all that to stop the inner the violence from within your own community. So I, I think that's like when nationally, if people are being honest with themselves, they may roll the eye a little bit mm-hmm. when they hear about these kind of things. It's sad. I'm not I'm not dis, you know I don't want to discount the fact that three lives got lost and one guy committed suicide, whatever. And that it was a hateful, hateful thing. Yeah, but it's also a crazy person. Yeah, you know, and all, and this stuff also happens every day in these communities, and it's just the cost of doing business in those communities when it's black on black. Mm-hmm. But the, the but the second a white guy comes and does it to somebody because they're black, it's a national outrage, as it should be. Yeah, I mean, that's what I want to make say, sure man. I'm not. Yeah. Want to make sure I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that what he did wasn't terrible and horrible and shouldn't be talked about. I'm just saying, you know, I talk about it all the time. Equal mm. outrage. I want you to be as equally outraged. I get outraged. your point, what you're trying. Yeah, I mean, that's what you're trying to say. Like, why are you not as outraged as what's going on here, like in Jackson? Yeah, when a two-year-old gets shot. Yeah, which is horrible. And we're, you know, and I mean, I think, you know, obviously, we talked, this kind of goes back into the Green Squad stuff. When race-based crimes happen, it does just shakes at us. You know, it's just one of those things that, you know, we're talking about, of course, it, it should be, I don't know how to put this. We should think all murders are just equally as bad, right? We should just yeah. think everything they're is all bad. Hate they're all hate crimes. They're all murders. They're all whatever the situation. They're all bad. They're all not good, you know. Unless you really didn't like the person, not I mean, no kidding. But I mean, like the you know, it just yeah, they're all bad. But I think it shakes. It's like what we talked about. I know the Rank County deputies didn't kill this guy, these guys, but what they did was based on racism, which sickens all of us. I think it made it a little worse because it's in Mississippi and we're all sensitive to that anyway. But um, and then this guy, you got this lunatic who's twenty one. And he's got swastikas etched on his AR-15. Obviously, a race crime. You know, he's doing it. So that that 
you know, scare people, somebody's going to do that out of hate. But I guess the bigger thing is like these crimes keep on happening. And then of course there's on, you know, there's people on the left that commit these kinds of shootings and they do it because they, they hate, I guess, conservatives or whatever things. Yeah. I mean, it's just a constant. I was thinking about it this morning a lot and you and I've talked about this. I feel like we're always like waiting to see whose side it was that committed these things. Yeah. And it, then if like it's the other side, we're like, yes. I can't, oh my God, like, you know, and I think I, I used to be victim to that. I used to be like, oh great, it's a conservative shooter. Like, this is terrific. Like, whatever. Now I'm like, years later, I'm like, that's the stupidest way to look at it because like, this is just all about, but this is a really a bunch of lunatics that do these kinds of stuff. Yeah. And, and, and look, I'm not sure where or how the, the, the Nazi side, the legitimate Nazi white supremacist side got lumped in with the conservative side. Cause yeah. that, that's not, that's not our people. Mm-hmm. That, that's not our, that's not what we believe in, right? Yeah, it's not. It's it just, yeah. but they are, but it is lumped in there. And I think that you know, the liberals have like, what was the guy that was shooting up the congressional baseball game? Because, I think he was a liberal. Because if I see if I see a Nazi symbol, I think of the way that the the left run America is way more like the way the Nazis ran Germany mm. than the way the conservatives ran America. I associate Nazi with the far left. I mean, I know. Mm. That the directions were reversed for whatever reason. Yeah, they call right, it far, far right, right over there. Sure. But obviously, that ain't far right. We're that, communists, Clay. You guys are Nazis. Let's get it right here. Yeah. You know, we're the commies and you know, the Nazis. So, so, I mean, like, like <laughs> I get, I get uh, outraged when people say, uh, you know, associate Nazism with conservatism. I'm like, I, I not what. That ain't it, dog. I just think we should stop cheering for the other side, whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah. To do something, you know, like it makes us. People are still dead. This is not, it doesn't make anything better that just because some political or not, whatever ideology that you don't agree with has committed that you your side is against or, or whatever it is because it's like it doesn't make this better. It just it doesn't. Because I was on the show last week, the day after Trump got arrested, mm-hmm. and I said these very words. I think it was last Wednesday. Thursday, last Thursday, I said, if you want to, if you want to create a crazy person, if you want somebody to go out and do some race based shooting, you want somebody to go out and kill a politician, blow up another building. If you, if you're trying, if that's what you want, if that's the, you're willing these things into existence mm-hmm. with the way the politics is going on in America right now, sure. with the way the media is pitting everybody against each other. Oh, a hundred percent. That's exactly I mean, what they're creating. Like, these monsters. Mm-hmm. On both sides of the aisle, oh, they're yeah, creating yeah, them. Sides. They are creating them doing these crimes. That I mean, if we didn't have social media, would these kind of shooters exist? I know. Whether it's a whether it's a a, a, a Nazi or the or the transgender shooter, I think was that Nashville. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, whether it's one of these do, without social media, do these do these shootings ever happen? Now, you know, and, here, and that's and here's the other side of that. They released the Nazi guys manifesto immediately. Mm-hmm. We still can't see the transifesto. Right. No, I mean, I don't. I can't remember. Did they not release that? Still hadn't said we won't ever see it. Well, hmm. why? Because it calls it all out. Because it calls out that school for converting them. You know, and they it, it goes against their own agenda. That's the narrative they, they want, right? Yeah. yeah, and that shouldn't matter. Agendas and narrative shouldn't matter when we're talking about dead kids. No, it really shouldn't. I mean. And but it, but it has, and it's become a way to. And then, like you've talked about this in the past about other issues about social contagion, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, these shooters see that too. They want the fame. A lot of them want the fame. They like, that's why they go do, they know that it's going to end with them being dead half the time. And I mean, they're doing this for attention, I think, a lot of it too. I mean, it's, I mean, they're mad, obviously, but I think there's a lot of them that are attention junkies too. And that's, and I think this builds upon each other, the social media outrage and all this stuff. And we have this, I mean, because I want to like, how many, I don't know, I've looked this up, maybe somebody knows facts on this. How many mass shootings did we have in 1975? 
Yeah, I, I, like, have you ever I, looked, looked at that at before? It, it'll be a minute. I don't want to misquote, but yeah. they, they obviously got ex- exponentially higher post Luke Woodham, post Columbine. Right, okay. And it going up from there. And that was in the pre Luke Woodham was still in the pre social media area. Yeah, I mean, I know there was just. And kind I of story. think there was that big one in Texas that a Libby's or Lubies or yeah. whatever. That was like one of the first big ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in the modern, I would say mo- modern era being like 84 and later. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, even with Luke Woodham, I, those were, but those were like, remember when that happened? And that was such a shocker at that time. Mm-hmm. Like people were like glued to the TV. Of course, you know we didn't have all this twenty four hour news cycle. I think CNN was small and Fox News just started. But I mean, people were just stopped. And yeah. I and I was going to Ohio State at the time. I wasn't even here. And I remember watching it on TV there, and everybody, the whole school, was stopped watching it because it was not. Now, if it happens, nobody's like, okay, well, let me just check Twitter. But it's just such a common thing. Yep. All right, let's take a break. Come back, and uh, we're going to move into the polo stuff. But I definitely wanted to get that out of the way. And have that conversation. So, Sean, I do appreciate that one. Sure. We'll be right back here on the Clay Edwards Show with Sean Yurkron. All right, welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. This segment is going to be brought to you by our friends over at Acme Pizza and Daiquiris. It's Tuesday. Got a chip? Why don't you do a little two for Tuesday? You get you not one but two pizzas from Acme Pizza and Daiquiris. Not one but two daiquiris from Acme Pizza and Daiquiris. Uh, they're located right there at Fan and Mart on the Riz, right there in front of the bowling alley. You know where it's at. You know where Fan and Mart's at. One of the funnest little shopping complexes around. You got a little bit of everything there. But look, what they really have is the best pizza in Rankin County. Try the pig, pig, pig. I know I keep talking about it all the time, but they got 11, 11 other specialty pizzas you can try. But hey, man, there's so much more than just a pizza place. My friends Hope and Chris. Seem to go there, I think, about every Saturday or Sunday, and they're always posting their pictures. They get the pastas. They get the burgers. They try everything. And I've heard, heard zero complaints. They do it. They do it right. I'm telling you, the dynamite balls are to die for. It's cream cheese wrapped with some fresh smoked pulled pork, smoked on site, mind you, and uh, then battered in something, drizzled, barbecue sauce, fried. I'm trying not to talk about it because I want some dynamite balls right now. But, uh Give them a whirl, man. They're available on all major food delivery apps. Um, been open a little bit over a year now, and business is only getting better. You know, most restaurants don't make it a year. The fact that they've been over there a year and business is getting better tells you they got a good product. People are returning. People are posting good about it on social media. You know, that's no accident. You don't, you don't accidentally stay open a year without great food. There's just too many options now. You know, so anyway, check them out. They're open daily at 4 p.m., open till midnight. So that means they are serving good, fresh, made from scratch pizza, pasta, and more into the late night hours. Check them out on uh, Take a Break Deliveries and more. All right, Sean, uh, let's jump into the polo thing. All right, man. So we were up late last night in our group text talking about this thing. And I I had stumbled across something in one of the uh, Facebook group, one of the local Facebook groups. People saying that they oh, it looks like it's going to be a mistrial. Now, first I'll clear this up: there can be no mistrial, right? She she gave directions for no mistrial. Well, I mean, there can be hung jury, which is a mistrial. You okay. know, it can be hung jury. I think uh, she did. Uh, what happened last night? If everybody's watching, is the um, they I think they went out from about four o'clock. I think they got done with closing arguments, and uh, I think about nine p.m. Well, a little bit before that, hour before that. 
the jury sent out a note. It didn't they never said what the note said, but having did that for so long, I assumed the, the note said something to the effect that either they were asking a question about a jury instruction or they were saying we're deadlocked at a certain point in time, which means that they're hung up and they're having problems um, you know, coming to a verdict. Because the reason I think that's what the note that came out is because what happened next was she uh, Judge Peterson issued what's called a Sharpland charge. And it's um, I know Ross Adams had actually written it out, but um, they didn't say what it was, but it, it's called a Sharpland charge. And what that does is that's telling the jury to basically pretty please try to get a verdict. The simplest way I can put it, like, you know, please try to work harder and get a verdict. And after that, it seems like they um, the uh, she wanted to dismiss them. I think maybe an hour after that, she wanted to dismiss them for the evening because apparently she said something about worried about them getting in their cars at that time of night, something like that. <laughs> and very, I, very, very, very kind of her and Jackson. I know that's what I was wondering. It did, uh, I guess Tom Fortner didn't want to, didn't want to do that, objected to that, but they did it anyway. So they're resuming to uh, deliberate this morning, I guess at nine o'clock. And we'll, you know, we'll see if they get there uh, right now. Usually in my experience, after a Sharpland charge gets issued, you know, it, it more likely than not, you're in a bad boat as the state. That's usually the way it is. Um, now, I've had them, after that charge has been issued, have them come to a verdict. A lot of times what they'll do is what's called a compromise verdict. And they'll, so, so let's say they're split, but they say, okay, like in this case, there's two counts. One is murder and the other is convicted felon on the firearm. And they agree, well, let's convict him on the convicted felon on the firearm, but will not guilty on the murder. So that's a likely scenario, which I think you might see that happen today. Based on that, because first of all, how is he not guilty of the convicted felon with a firearm? He is a convicted felon. That was proven. And he had a gun in New Orleans. I mean, he is. So they, you know, they could so they could compromise on that. And um, and that that may be that's kind of way, in my opinion, that's the way this is headed at at this point. Um, Now, you never know. It could be a surprise. They come to a guilty verdict on murder. And that's what they should do, because the evidence, in my view, is just overwhelming that he's guilty. But um, and I don't know. The only thing, Clay, I think they're getting hung up on is, you know, dealing with shadow for the most part. And I think some of that gun testimony, if I remember correctly. But, you know, shadow is just um, I watched it and you watched it. I thought she's believable. She's crazy. She's messed up. But sometimes those are the best witnesses because they're authentic. Because, like, you can't be that messed up, like, and be a liar. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're telling that's kind of the way it works out sometimes. I've tried my best to remove any personal feelings mm-hmm. from this trial and watch it as uh, from just not as non biased. Since you know him so well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. As possible. And I'm not, and I'm just sitting there looking at it. If, if we, if you, if you swapped out Polo Edwards for Clay Edwards, the bed jury would have been back there for 30 minutes mm-hmm. and they'd have came back guilty. If you're just looking at the evidence and everything, um, I, Tom did make some good, reasonable doubt he things. Did. He's a know. great lawyer. You know, right. like no doubt about that. Asked about the blood splatter. Why, if he shot him nine times, why weren't there any blood splatter? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a blood splatter expert. I don't know either. You know, I've never mm-hmm. shot anybody. Now, I mean, I don't know what distance he was either from him. I don't know how that hallway is. I've not seen any of that. You know, you know. Um, maybe he was a little bit further away. I don't know what if they were contact wounds, if they were distance wounds. I have no idea what that testimony yeah. was. Yeah, um, what, what, the type of the type of ammo that he used is it one that would create an an, an exiting splatter, mm-hmm. you know, versus just inner damage. Well, know? I'm sure in the autopsy it said you could kind of tell how close the f- shot was fired. Generally, you can do that by yeah. the uh, amount of you know gunpowder and all that kind of things mm-hmm. on the and the whether it's a you know contact wounds like the guns right up on you and you get shot and there's. A little bit of a more of a mid distance and a distance wound, and you can kind of tell that. But um, and I don't know. I didn't hear the pathologist's testimony, so I'm not sure exactly what his distance from uh, Bobby Davis was. 
maybe that would explain that. I don't know if that's going to be what Tom's talking about. But the, uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, think about it, Clay. What we got here, though, is we got Polo is dead to rights on that cell phone stuff. I mean, he's four streets over, like eight, nine minutes before the murder. In the time frame that, yeah, to do it and leave. And then he's rolling to New Orleans, you know, trying to get on a cruise. I mean, just, he just had the urge to go to New Orleans after all this. And then you got Shadow, who is testifying that you know he was he's in her house. I mean, she knows who he is, and only she can't identify him. She can identify yeah. a lot about him, and uh, and they're getting hung up on that. And I don't know. I mean, what is the what do you think is the other they, they could believe that Shadow's the killer? I mean, yeah, is yeah. that is that it? I don't. Even if you question if it was Polo, but given all the circumstantial evidence, how could it not be? Yeah. And if, okay, if you say okay, well, no, it was her. Well, does that then? Does that mean the state has to pursue her? I mean, well, I mean they don't have to, and I'm sure they yeah. wouldn't. But the um, the uh, I don't think they would because obviously they know that she's not the killer. Do they retry I mean, this thing if it's a hung jury? Yeah, I think they have to. I think they have to. to Maybe to, coach Shadow a little differently to like not be such a lunatic. That be that would be my advice, I guess. You know, if I were if it, what, what do you think she did wrong? I mean, from your perspective, I think you know it made her look bad. I mean, I, I think just the. I'm not going to say the emotional outburst because that happens a lot. Sure. But I think it just – she just looked too much like a – I'm going to use – she looked like a snake, man. I mean, and that's – I mean, I think it was like you caused this because you've like – you've got this pattern of you killed your boyfriend and now this poor Bobby Davis guy who doesn't – is not even having a sexual relationship with you, according to you, yeah. gets killed in your house by the guy that you were sleeping with who's, by the way, cheating on his wife and you're his paramour. And I think she just looks bad. She just looks bad. And maybe the jury, and you know, juries care about that. I mean, she just looks like she's, it looks like a bad person. And uh, I think that's, I, mean, I think that may be hung in them up. It, it's plausible to believe, and I don't believe it, I don't think you believe it, I mean, it doesn't, that she could, I mean, she's killed somebody before, and that's the argument. Maybe she did it again. And it was a domestic situation the last time she did it that she served time for. So, I mean, it's, it's not unreasonable. Even though I think it's unreasonable in terms of when you look at all the evidence taken together. Yeah. But it's not – I could see where there's a couple jurors. You know, it's probably like – I mean, it's probably like 10 to 2 back there. 10 for guilty, 2 for not guilty, 9 to 3, something like that. A couple people are just like, well, there's still some reasonable doubt that Shadow may have done it. I mean, she's playing both these guys. They're, they're probably arguing that to themselves and thinking, you know, Bobby Davis is over here and he gets killed in her house and – yeah. I mean, I think it's I, mean, I think it's ridiculous, but I could see where that do you, came out. I mean, do you think that they're getting hung up on the wrong thing here? Do you think they're maybe getting hung up on the well? He he should have known what he was getting into, and he kind of got kind of you know kind of got what I don't want to say got what he deserved. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not articulating this properly. You know, he knew this was the price you pay to play the game. Yeah, and uh, you know, he knew this could happen. Type deal. I mean, right, because, like, you're playing with fire. You mess with that kind of a woman, you know. I yeah. mean, all of us have had that kind of experience before in the past. But, you know, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, I think that's, I, I mean, there's. Man, I think that's completely implausible, but I'm just saying. Absolutely. Oh, I know exactly. It's inexcusable to have that thought process. This is murder. How, why, what we got us, got us here are irrelevant. Man, I've seen, Clay, I've seen juries do things that you just. I mean, it suspends disbelief sometimes. You just one night I was looking through. I've got the scrapbook, and you were asking, I think, me about the jury note yesterday. And I kept a scrapbook of my jury notes. Like I'd always keep them. Yeah, you know, I've got the scrapbook with them. And one of them was I was reading last night was there was a house burglary case I was trying, and the guy broke into the house, went ruffled through the whole house, but left and didn't take anything. Well, it was eleven to one to convict him. And when the jury sends out a note, the jury says. 
we are hung up because one juror doesn't understand that breaking into a house and not taking anything is still house burglary, right? Because <laughs> it's a tent to commit a felony. And uh, so, like, there was one juror back there that just couldn't get it through their mind. They finally did, and they did convict that guy. But it took hours that just breaking into someone's house and taking and not even taking anything, but intending to take something, but just yeah. not taking it. It's not breaking entering, not breaking entering a statement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and uh, they said so, like they just were like. You know, so there's, you just never know. There's always that one per- there could be one person on that jury that is sitting there thinking that Shadow did it. Interesting. All right. We'll, come be, we'll, be, blah, blah, blah. we'll be right back on the Clay Edwards show with Sean York Ron. We're not through with this conversation. Stay tuned. All right. Welcome back in to the Clay Edwards show. Live here on 103.9 FM WYAB. This segment's going to be brought to you by our friends over at Guns and Gear right out there. In Gluckstadt, Mississippi, on Highway 51, you can shop them online, gunsingearms.com. Go check out their Facebook page. They got their deals of the day going on there. They just had a huge two-way tax-free weekend. Hope you went out there and took advantage of it. Looks like they sold a bunch of stuff. It's really that you need to buy a gun, need gunsmithing, need seracoding, need ammo. They're the home of No Limit Ammo, by the way. And, uh, hey, also, sell them your gun. You're in a pinch, need to get a new gun, just need some cash, whatever the case may be. Trade your gun in. They can do it all there at Guns and Gear. No sense in going and having to deal with the pawn shop or any of that stuff. You know, sell sell your gun to gun people and uh, get your max value for it. You ain't got to argue about what it is, what it's worth, all that. They know. So it's always easier to deal with the professionals. Guns and Gear, proud sponsor of the Guns and Gear text line here on the Clay Edwards show. And um, speaking of the Guns and Gear text line, why don't we go read a few texts from it concerning the polo stuff? Miss mm-hmm. uh, Sharon says, sorry, I hit the wrong one there. Sharon says, I predict hung jury. Polo's attorney created enough reasonable doubt that Shadow could have done it. I just disagree, but I I I can see where people think yeah, that. Yeah, sure. I just disagree, and maybe that's my personal biases. I don't know Clay because I don't know him. I know you, you know, yeah. were friends with him, but I don't know him. And the uh, and maybe I'm biased towards the state always because I usually am. But the um the cell phone tower thing to me mm-hmm. cooks him, and I don't know. And like, and I think I told this on here before. Like, I have convicted so many people using that kind of evidence, and to me, that if they didn't have that, then I think that'd be different. But, like, they've got – I mean, what's his explanation for just, oh, man, all of a sudden I need to go to the French Quarter to get a hurricane or a hand grenade? I mean, yeah. come on, man. And, man, I also remember like, he had posted some Facebook story pics of him, like, pretending to be at Planet Fitness and yeah, that's all right. kind of other stuff. Yeah. Just, just, it was a bunch – like, the day after that or the day of, it was a bunch of chaos. Mm-hmm. It was a manhunt for him, the whole nine yards. I think the phone call to Anthony Fox – or that that conversation, sure. the fact that Anthony ain't on that stand is mind boggling. That is that is strange, and they, for, yeah. for either side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dennis Sweet was testifying yesterday that he'd contacted him. The uh, also, um, if you're innocent, why are you contacting these people? And what is Shadow's? Why would, why would he have known it happened? It, it, let's just pretend Shadow did it, or somebody else did it, or whatever. What? Why would Polo have known so quick? Yeah, exactly. That's a dang, that's a dang good point. I mean, why? Also, why? What's Shadow's motive to kill Bobby Davis? Yeah, he, I mean, he 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 overcooked them turkey necks. Yeah, I mean, right. The collard greens weren't good enough. Is that what he said? He brought collard greens over there. Yeah, turkey I mean, that's, necks. Turkey yeah. necks. Yeah, I mean, like, what? 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 Why would she just randomly? Kill, who had a motive to kill him? 
Uh, there's one guy, and he's sitting in that courtroom on trial for murder who had a motive to, you know, to kill Bobby. I mean, yeah. I don't see what, why Shadow. This is a guy that's bringing you neck bones. Like, you don't kill that guy. That's a guy that's yeah. apparently, let's, let's be real for a moment. That's a guy that's you're not sleeping with that's doing the stuff you want done. You know how girls do this sometimes. Yeah. Like, there's that guy that's kind of hanging around where he likes them and does all these things for them, and they don't, they kind of just, you know, it sounded like he was that guy yeah. to me. Like he at was, least. you know, trying to be Johnny on the spot, and yeah. when she got ready to hook him up with some, he was going to be there to take it. He was going to take it. So, you know, and he, um, and so you don't, she's not going to kill that guy that's doing that stuff for him. She doesn't have zero motive. Polo, he's got a lot of motive. And then all the stuff he did afterwards completely point to his guilt. So I don't, you know, I, I, I don't get it. I, I, really I, don't. I don't. The fact we're even having this, I, I, I do not see where there's a, any doubt. <laughs> no, I, yeah, not I whatsoever. Feel, I just feel like we're not watching the same trial. I mean, yeah. Like, no. I, I'm telling you, it's like two or three jurors at the most. That's yeah. the way this always works. And they, you know, I mean, heck, it could be one. They're sitting there and saying, "Oh well, maybe the re- it's reasonable doubt Shadow could have done it." No, it's not. There's not reasonable doubt that Shadow could have done it in my mind. Like it just is. There, it isn't. My doubt, and I told you this since day one, is never underestimate the ability of a Hines County jury to screw something up. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, or the DA's office potentially, but it sounds like Gwen's doing great work. Gwen is doing. I mean, if anybody watched her closing argument yesterday, yeah. I thought she just smoked it. And I didn't. She she was on fire. She was on fire, man. I just it was it was good. She's a she's a good lawyer. I love what she said about. I guess the defense that tried to say that uh, AT and T wasn't wasn't credible. How could you trust AT and T? Yeah, she's like AT and T don't know who Polo is. Exactly. AT and T don't know who Shadow Robinson is. They have no reason to lie about y'all about this. You know, the, the, it, and then Tom Vorner's talking about her in his clothes. Do you see that part where he says, "We don't know how reliable this cell phone." It just sounded kind of funny from a guy with like you know his long white hair and a long beard, kind of looking like Father Time. That's talking about technology. He says, "I don't really know a bunch about technology." Well, why are you commenting on it then if you don't really know anything? I like let me tell you something. I know about that. I've used that so many times. This stuff is dead on for the most part. Yeah, and it's and it's uh it, it's very reliable. There's not a question of like like you said, uh, Gwen said apparently that. ATT does not know him. Like they yeah. don't care who Polo is. Like yeah. he was, you know. I mean, was data, he not? The data is the data. It sure got him in New Orleans correctly because yeah. that's where they caught him. So he knew he was there. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure that's how they picked him up because they were pinging the, you know, the marshal was probably pinging his cell phone. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I just, you know, it's if they want to believe that Shadow was, or one person or two people want to believe that Shadow was a murderer, and they can, but it's that's absurd. Uh, the, this, if it is a hung jury. They had to retry this. Yeah. And we had a conversation off air. Um, do they do they let him bond out or do they they keep him locked up considering that he is obviously a flight risk? Yeah, you, so you were saying you reminded me of that, him being a, obviously it's a flight risk. I don't know. I mean, I, it, I've seen it. I've had places where they've hung up and the judge has given them a bond, and I understand why. Now, I've never had it in a situation where the dude ran to New Orleans so I think that is a factor where, like, they're going to think about. But they're going to think if it's a hung jury, they're going to think seriously about giving him a lower. I don't know what his bond is now, but giving him a lower bond. I mean, they're not going to release him on his own recognizance. I don't or think anything. he had a bond. I he didn't. It was, was no bond. No bond. Yeah, because he was in New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They may give him one. I mean, because you just can't. You know. I mean, you gotta. You're not going to just keep him there for as a pretrial detainee forever. Yeah. And I think they're going to have to do something about that. Uh, or the judge is going to be like, we're, we're retrying this thing in two weeks. Yeah. Which I mean, usually doesn't happen, but she but could, could do that. Could they, could they use the, the felon with the farm as an excuse to hold him without a bond? Well, I mean, if he gets convicted of that, then they don't have to worry about it because he's already convicted of that. Can they still retry the 
murder if they do a split? Yeah, I mean, they or? could if they hung up on the murder, they could retry the murder. I believe so. I believe they can. I've never had that really happen before where they they usually just come out not guilty on something. Yeah. I, I believe they can do that. I have to check into that. I've never I've never encountered where we've so they've got convicted of one charge, but hung up the other, and we retried the other charge. I, at least I've never done that. But um, I've done it usually, like I said, what happens is that compromise verdict situation where they'll not guilty, which is kind of where I'm leaning to what they're going to do today. They're going to not guilty on the murder and convict him on the convicted following the farm. But, you know, and then I, dude, I, I tell you, I've seen crazy things, crazier things. They could come back and find him guilty on the murder and not guilty on the convicted felon with a firearm. So you just Absolutely. never know. Yeah. Well, here's what I think happens, and we've got a break. I think it's if I had to bet money right now, even though I 100% believe that he – the evidence shows he committed the murder. Mm-hmm. I think it's guilty on the farm, not guilty on the murder, or hung on the murder. Yeah, one of them. And, and uh, oh, I, had a, I had a really good point. Oh, and I think they do not retry it because I think he was a, he's a CI for Jody. And I think that's going to be part of the under-the-table thing. It's like, hey, we did our part. We can't retry it. We don't have the funds, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, if he gets convicted of the um, gun. We don't I mean, think we can win it. I mean, he's got possible 10-year sentence with the gun. Yeah. That's the max of that. I don't know under the new 2014. I call it new. That's almost 10 years ago. The um, What the percentage that he would serve of that, I'm mm-hmm. guessing it's a 25% crime. I don't know that. Um, and uh, so he's not going to – he's already served like a – He's already served like a year and a half, right? Close to it. Year and well, three months? Yeah, year and three months. So, I mean, if he gets convicted of the gun and she and Faye maxes him out, gives him the 10 years, I mean, he could be released like in six months, I guess. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back to close out the show for the day. This is The Clay Edwards Show with Sean Yorkeron. All right, welcome back into The Clay Edwards Show. Hey, guys, get down to Martin's today. It is what's for lunch here on The Clay Edwards Show. Let's see here. Pull up that menu. See what exactly they got on the menu today for lunch. Uh, Roll one. It's the top one. Uh, the today's lunch special on Tuesday. It's smoked ribs, but of course you got the entire menu to order off of. You can get the grilled chicken nachos, the mozzarella sticks, the fried country fried steak, and so so much more. Catfish, chicken strips, chicken parmesan. They got it all, man. Full. Menu there at Martin's Downtown JXN, and don't forget constant live music every Friday, every Saturday and Sunday. Three dollar mimosas, three dollar Bloody Marys. Football season starts this weekend. College football, get down there to Martin's, enjoy a game out on the patio, and more live entertainment constantly at Martin's. Check out the schedule at Martin's Downtown JXN. Dot com. Sean, great show. I'm sure a verdict on the polo thing will come down uh, here by lunchtime, if I had to guess. Yeah, I think. And uh, y'all follow me on social media, at SaveJXN. No matter what I'm doing, I will stop and be a part of it. Sean, I will see you tomorrow, and we'll break it all down. Thank you. Right. ClayEdwardsShow.com for the podcast. Thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow at 7 a.m. as the Clay Edwards Show discusses all that is going on in and around the city of Jackson. This concludes our broadcast day. Right here on 103.9 WYAB.